Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. This is the show that challenges reality, questioning that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change, making the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. Once again, that's what we aim to do on this episode of The Seeker Podcast. There's a lot of subjects that I want to talk about tonight. I hope I can get to every single one. Some more AI stuff has uh, has been coming out talking about the ability to live with immortality by the year 2050. I'm going to talk, talk about an article and some uh, information I've come across reviewing that and some of the dangers that I see with artificial intelligence. I want to talk a little bit about To The Stars Academy, um, losing some credibility. I'm, I'm concerned with some of the things that I'm seeing here. Uh, I want to get into that a little bit and some other things that have come across the news. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about the school shooting and the gun stuff. It's really been depressing me, so I don't want to get too deep into that. I don't want to share that depression with all of you. Been a, Let's start there, though. Been an, an interesting week. Uh, I, I got to say, because of... I mean, most of us are, are pretty upset over what we saw. It, it's, once again, another tragedy that has uh, struck our nation. And once again, we just can't seem to get along on what to do moving forward. My fear is that although this time the kids marched down to the White House and they had a face-to-face with Trump, uh, look, I, I think that I think that once again we are we've missed the mark. Is my opinion on this? You know, we, we're, there's action being taken, but you have to wonder: is this the the classic problem-reaction-solution scenario that we see so much about? I really got to limit myself on time on this because I don't want to dwell on it. But where to begin? The rumors started. The conspiracy theories started coming out right away with this one: the the false flag coming after one of the high school students because they found a video of him all the way out in California talking about some issue with his surfboard in a trash can or something. Um, they're claiming that he's a a crisis actor, um, but then there's been a lot of the mainstream fought back on this one, which was odd for me. I, I, you don't usually see the mainstream even acknowledge this, but they fought back really hard on this one, saying this is not a crisis actor. This is some Looney Tunes conspiracy theory. Um, you know, I, I made a mistake this week, and uh, a friend of mine, a friend of mine who works in law enforcement, posted an article about this kid being a crisis actor. And I was so excited to see one of my cop friends talking about this. I made a comment like, yeah, not everything's what it seems. You can't trust the mainstream anymore. Thank you so much for sharing this. And then I, you know, and some of my other police friends, you know, had commented on there like WTF, what, this is crazy. And I thought that they were commenting saying, I can't believe that we have crisis actors. Um, you know, that are taking advantage, not saying that this didn't happen. There's, um, you know, there's a difference between a false flag and a crisis actor. But, you know, so I thought that was the thread. I should have read the article. I, I made a major mistake there. I was just excited to see someone from that part of my life talking about this level of stuff. But I think they were sharing it saying, 
because there was no comment on it. I think, I think she shared it saying, this is insane. How can anybody ever believe this? I think that's why she shared it. So I felt really stupid. Um, you know, and, and then I went and looked for it the next day and she took the whole post down. So I'm wondering if she's like, Oh man, nappy's really off the deep end now. Um, I, I don't know what to think. I didn't look into that one too much, whether or not the kid is a crisis actor. I, I've seen a lot of different really weird stuff out there about him. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that 17 people, most of them children, were murdered. They were murdered, um, regardless of the cause, which is important. We need to understand the cause. But I think some of these side issues sometimes take away from what happened. And developing a plan to deal with it. Now, do crisis actors exist? I believe that they do. Uh, I'm not an expert on Sandy Hook, but people seem pretty sure that that's it. I can't speak intelligently on it. If you do have a lot of info on Sandy Hook and would like to come on the show and talk about it, please let me know. I'd I'd be happy to delve into that a little bit further. Um, But we know that during these protests, you have professional protesters that are being paid um, by various political groups to go out and disrupt and cause all sorts of trouble. So, yeah, the, the media is, is like one big stage for different political agendas to sway your opinions. And this one, because it's so emotionally charged, I got caught up in it. I know I, I've been depressed all week. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a former cop and I work in a school. So this hits me hard. And then the debate, should we arm ourselves? Should we not arm ourselves? Now Trump's calling to arm teachers. And uh, the man said some things that I, I think he obviously has no clue what he's talking about. He doesn't understand tactics. And I know he's just trying to address the issue, but he made one thing that really bothered me. He says, you know, if this, if this guy, if the, uh, I, no disrespect, I can't remember the name of the football coach who, you know, went at the kid and, and died because he was shot. But I think Trump's comments were, you know, if he had his weapon in a locker, he would have been able to get to his locker, get his firearm, and go take the kid out. You know, I, I've thought a lot about this. I've, I've, I've looked at this. Um, it, I'm not saying I'm pro-arming teachers, but I'm saying if you're arming teachers, it shouldn't be in a locker. The teachers should have it on them at all times. Because what if you're in the lunchroom and the shooting's over near your classroom? That means you can't get to it. Your weapon is of no value to you. When I was a, a police officer... If, if my gun wasn't on me, then it, it, it might as well have been in another country, you know, honesty. So that's my two cents on that. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm against arming teachers because anyway, it, it, it goes against what I'm trying to do is promote peace. But at the same time, if something were to happen, I know I'd wish I had some, I had a firearm on me, on me. Anyway, my point is there's an article that a friend of mine sent to me uh, and it's, it's at time.com. And the title of the article is, I was a Marine, now I'm a teacher. Don't give me a gun. This article really moved me, and it captured a lot of what I'm feeling and what I know a lot of my colleagues as teachers are feeling. Uh, So I'm going to share this through uh, the show notes at sixcentsmedia.net and at serviceofchange.com, and it'll be in the secret newsletter that goes out every Sunday. It goes out tomorrow. Um for you to look at, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it and your opinion. I, I can't get into this too much anymore because emotionally it's, it's really taken its toll on me this week. Um, which brings me to my next point is that, you know, I got sucked in. I got sucked into the energy drain that this thing can become, that events like this can become. Um, I, I came up with some proactive plans and 
you know, I'm working on developing curriculum uh, and programs for students in a school that's easy to roll out involving meditation, mindfulness practice, um, peer medi- mediation, conflict resolution. I-, I had a meeting this week with a colleague of mine that we're going to try to do something, um, you know, and propose it to the school because I believe that's where the the change, the healing is that is needed is going to come from. Um, so I'm trying not to have the gun discussion. I keep having the gun discussion. I'm trying not to have the gun discussion because it, it, it stresses me out and upsets me too much. So <clears throat> my point being, when I met with my colleague and talked about this stuff, I felt pretty good. Actually, it was the weirdest thing. When we sat down to start our conversation, there was this loud hum that came to the room. Went, mm-hmm, and the lights dimmed and then they came back on. It was like we we're living in some old World War II bunker. And I looked at her and I said, has that ever happened before? She said, no, someone's trying to tell you something. She also happens to be a, a Reiki practitioner as well. So uh, that was pretty interesting that, that, you know, just one of those little subtleties, these energetic subtleties that tells me I'm, I'm on the right track uh, with whatever it is that we're trying to do. That's my focus right now. And then, you know, I got, I left that meeting. I was feeling good. And then I got sucked back into, you know, reading Facebook threads and stuff and getting all depressed again about it. And uh, the other morning I said, you know what, I'm looking for something back to what I like to listen to. And I found an old interview from Russell Targ. I've done several shows talking about him. Um, You know, one of the founders of the remote viewing program through SRI, Stanford Research Institute, worked with the Central Intelligence Agency uh, and developed remote viewing and talking about how easy it is to teach remote viewing, how everybody can do this. And it reminded me of my main goal, my main drive, my main mission is that we're not tapping into our sixth sense. We're not tapping into our ability to manifest things into our lives, our ability to learn things and know things and communicate and, and really acquire knowledge. And I realized that when we encounter these violent events, not that we need to just go sit in a room and meditate, but we need to ground ourselves. We need to unplug for a little bit. We have to address some of the things that happen in this world. It's not pretty, but we got to find a way to balance ourselves as we're addressing that. And we, because when you're stuck in that fear and reaction state, because right now we've been forced into a state of reaction. What do we do about this problem that just occurred? We need to step back, regain control of our lives and our emotions and our energy. Because otherwise, in that fearful state, you can't focus on that inner development on that spiritual growth that psychic development you can't because you're in fight or flight mode and you can't connect to what you need to connect to your frequency changes in a way i suspect that that doesn't allow you to connect to that that wireless internet that's out there my point being unplug i'm reminded of what's important i'm reminded that Right now, I don't want to be in a reactive mode. I don't want to sit there and just say, well, I've got my gun on me. So now if anybody comes in the door, I'm good to go. Because you know what? Now I'm playing their game. I don't want to play somebody else's game. I want to play my game. And my game is, let's teach a bunch of people how to promote peace in this world. Instead of teaching people how to react to violence. That's where we need to put our focus. And we can we can discuss politely where we need to begin, what programs need to be put in place, what programs need to be changed. I'm not saying don't be prepared to defend yourself, but your primary focus, if you're safe right now, should be how do you prevent this from happening? That's always been, as a teacher, my mission. How do I prevent something from happening so I don't have to react to something that happened? 
because it's better to be proactive than reactive. And I, and I wholeheartedly believe that. So that's my push. That's, you know, what I want to talk about. Some of the things I'm talking about on the show tonight are, are again, a little scary themes that I've, I've explored time and again, um, the AI stuff. Uh, and I have, you know, and why don't I get into it now? Ben Davidson from Suspicious Observers. Um, if you haven't checked out his content yet, you, you need to do so. Now, I cannot talk about the technical stuff uh, as eloquently as him because that's what he does. He's he's a uh, the space weatherman, spaceweathernews.com, a meteorologist. I don't even know what his title is. Um, but he's got some papers published. He's been he's written a book that I can't wait to read. He has an app that's out. It, it's the Disaster Prediction app. He's not a doom and gloom guy. He's a scientist, but he's a very practical, real, grounded scientist who's aware of all this other stuff that I talk about on the show. Not that he's aware of my show, but uh, and what he has been doing that's caught my attention is every day he does he does a five minute news update on space weather and how it's going to affect the Earth. He also understands how space weather, meaning electromagnetism coming off the sun, affects human health and human behavior, which does tie into something that I know a little bit about. Talking about all this psychic stuff and how we have this energetic aspect to our bodies and how that can be heavily influenced and manipulated if we're not mindful of what's around us. So he has all that knowledge. He talks about that. I really respect the guy. What he's looking at is he was he, he's done about five videos or four videos already sharing data showing how the magnetic pole shift has, has already started. Uh, this isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't crazy talk. But he's very concerned. And he says, you know, the shift could complete itself tomorrow or it could take 80 years to complete. But this is happening. And once it reaches a certain point, we're legitimately going to see some significant earth changes, weather-wise. There could be earthquakes, could be volcanic eruptions, things that we need to be concerned about. He flat out said, start, you, you need to be prepared. You need to be prepared for a disaster. Um, I, I take his warnings very seriously. And I think now we have enough notice on the front end, hopefully, come up with a plan. I, I don't have a plan right now. If you're a prepper and you're familiar with what he's talking about with a pole shift, please come on my show and let's talk to the listeners about what they can do to prepare. So let's, Ray, if, do me a favor. If you know anybody who's uh, who's a prepper, you know, reach out to them, see if they want to come on and talk about, you know, see if, they know, if they're familiar with Ben's work and if they want to come on and talk about how to prepare, um, you know, for such an event Maybe that can give us some starting points for those of us that, that aren't quite there yet. Um, but he, he, he put out some very serious warnings. He has a couple of videos out there showing the evidence how this pole shift is happening. It's happened before and it's happening now and what could happen to it and, and what really we need to do. We can't stop it from happening. It, it seems like it's a natural event. But he says that coupled with the fact that we're... He says this pole shift, which weakens our electromagnetic field... In combination with we're going into what's called a solar minimum, which means things are going to be cooler, is going to cause, I think he said, higher radiation hitting the earth and much cooler temperatures. So we need to be mindful of where we are because certain areas might become a little bit more harsh to survive in. So these are things that we need to think about, Um, which is interesting because, well, maybe just some crazy, you know, doom and gloom doomsday guy, which 
I try not to be, but I do try to share what I consider credible uh, information when it comes my way. Now, this one is an article, and I've read this through other sources as well, but it's from uh, The Mirror out of the UK. From Kansas to New Zealand to Hawaii, where billionaires are buying homes to escape the apocalypse. Uh, Peter Thier, the billionaire behind PayPal, is among the tech titans looking for a good place to go in the event of an apocalypse. And this article talks about how all these billionaires out of uh, Silicon Valley and whatnot are buying homes in various spots, to include Zuckerberg, who has a bunker um, in, in Hawaii, and they're designed to withstand you know, some kind of catastrophic event. What do they know that we don't? I, I mean, if, if multiple ones of that are doing it, why build a bunker if you don't have some kind of legitimate fear? These are smart guys that something might be coming. So we, we need to figure out some kind of plan, you know, and I feel like I'm late coming to this discussion. So keep that in mind. I'll share this article so you can read um, a little bit more about it. Uh, let's see here. What's the next article that I want to get to? All right, I think I'm going to get into the AI stuff. I'm just checking right now to make sure there's nothing else that I need to talk about. Okay. So, uh, we're talking a little bit about AI and immortality and the dangers of AI. It's it's new stuff, I promise. It's not the same stuff that I've, that I've covered in the past. These articles just keep coming out because it's a hot topic. This comes from um, Express. Human beings on the brink of achieving immortality by the year 2050, experts reveal. Immortality has been the regard has been regarded as mythology and science fiction for years, but now human beings are close to defying death due to several major scientific breakthroughs, which will give humans a plethora of choice on how to live forever by the year 2050, according to top futurologist Dr. Ian Pearson. Said human beings are very close to achieving immortality in a number of different ways, but only if you can make it to the year 2050. Anyone who dies before that could be part of the last generation of humans to die of old age. Dr. Pearson said by 2050, it could really be for the rich and famous. Most people on middle-class homes and reasonable working-class incomes can probably afford this in the 2060s, so anyone 90 or under by 2060. Uh, if you're born sometime in 1970 onwards, it make you 48 this year. Uh, so it's talking about you know basically how you got to make it to that point. And it says there are several ways in which people can live forever, such as renewing body parts. This could be done in several ways, including genetic engineering that prevents or reverses the aging of cells. People may be able to replace vital body organs with new parts. Well, you know, we know that they're already able to print organs, certain organs, with computer technology now. Uh, scientists around the world are currently working on creating human organs using 3D printers. There we go. I was ahead of the article. Um, loaded with living cells, which could make organ transplants a thing of the past. Dr. Pearson added, there are quite a lot of people interested in living forever. There always have been, but the difference now is the tech is improving so quickly, lots of people believe they can actually do it. Uh, I'm skipping around a little bit. They've got a lot more talking about it. But then there's a piece here where it's talking about sex robots. And I've said this before, you know, the, the sex industry, the, the por pornographic industry, you know, they do drive a lot of this technology. I believe things like the Flash Player was improved upon because of pornographic videos on the internet because there was such a high demand for it, people investing money in it that they could continue to improve their streaming capabilities with these types of videos. So now it says here, um, 
People on poor, it has a picture of a sex robot there. It says, uh, with advancements of androids such as sex robots, people will be able to download their minds. So let's think about the implications of that, if we can download the mind, which I think we're moving towards with the way they're mapping the brain. And again, this electromagnetic sing- signal stuff, okay? Let's say they can download the mind. You may think of a, a bunch of great reasons for that. I mean, let's say that you're in a body, you're, you're a quadriplegic, and although we can't replicate an entire human body at this point, what if you could transfer your mind to an android, a robot, that's fully autonomous, that has feeling, that has mobility? Would that be a better life for you? Maybe. Okay? So there may be some benefits to things like that, but then let's look at the sick and twisted side. What if you could take somebody's mind, download it into a robot, and then just torture the hell out of that robot? Or you, know, you put it in a sex robot, what are you doing? You're, you, you could be raping this robot if it has somebody else's mind in it that's not a willing participant. I mean, then we need to ask ourselves, my mind's really going now, you know, if you have someone's mind downloaded in there, is that a copy of their mind? Or is that your actual mind? Is that your actual consciousness? Are they one and the same? You know, we're looking at now, what I tend to believe is that consciousness is non-local, which means it's not seated in your brain. Your brain just is the, the data or the central processing unit for your consciousness, that we are receiving a signal from somewhere else that our consciousness exists out somewhere in the multiverse, the universe, whatever you want to call it. So by making a copy... Is that you're actually your consciousness or are you creating something completely different? Is that another aspect of you now? Because when you talk about higher selves and lower selves, and you start talking about reincarnation. What it sounds like if you read Bob Monroe's books is that our whole self has been fragmented and we go out into multiple lives, into multiple lifetimes throughout this existence. And, it, and it's not necessarily linear, linear through time. That's a whole other discussion. So we got these, you know, so we have to wonder, are we, by putting our consciousness in a robot, are we are of our own conscious human understanding in this lifetime actually fragmenting our own consciousness that is another part of us, that is another aspect of us? These are things that I think morally and ethically need to be considered before you just tell people, hey, upload yourself to a robot, it'll be a lot of fun. Now, are we talking maybe in some kind of avatar setting where it's a temporary placement into a robotic body? That might be a little bit different. Depending on the mechanism by which they do that, that could be be quite interesting. But again, you have the ability to be, you have the ability to be hacked. There's a movie with Bruce Willis uh, about that. I can't remember what the movie's called now. Everybody, instead of leaving their house, they lay in their virtual reality simulators and they go on the robots and they go about their everyday lives, but but nobody physically ever leaves the house anymore because it becomes too dangerous. Um, this world is changing fast, my friends. And I think uh, you know, uh, this AI revolution is, is coming. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but I think we need to be concerned about it. Now, I can't remember the guy's first name. Ray sent me the article. Uh, it was an interview. His last name's Kurzweil. And he's a, he's a big tech guy. He's got a wonderful track record of predicting where technology is going in the future. I think right now he's like the chief of engineering for Google or something. He's got a Google job, you know, a high-end Google job. And he did this interview talking about, you know, there's a lot of benefits to the advancements in this technology. He said he takes 90 pills a day right now because his goal is to survive until 2045 where he then knows or believes he's going to be able to live forever. And that's it's coming from a guy like that. 
with his knowledge and technical background, that's something we need to take seriously. He's going to be able to live forever. And again, is that a good thing? Now, I think back to, this is what I love about this platform, is we can take these scientific things and we can tie it to esoteric and other experiential, you know, spiritual authors and see, and researchers and see how it all may fit together. Now, I remember reading Carlos Castaneda's book and he was talking to Don Juan Mattis, Don Juan Mattis, is that his name? Um, who was the shaman that taught him everything. And what Don Juan told him was that shamans prepare and train in life to survive physical death. And I believe some of the Egyptian writings talk about the same thing. The Pharaoh's goal is, is so your consciousness, my con- Dennis Nappy second. when I die, I won't get recycled. I won't forget who I am and what this inc- incarnation is. I can survive that physical death um, if I prepare my consciousness that way. And when you read the works of, of Bob Monroe again and, and some of the other people out there, Tom Campbell, it sounds like they do prepare themselves enough where they can maintain that identity even after they leave, if physical death happens. Is this something similar to that, but but slightly different? I, I don't know, but it there are parallels there. And I, and I keep coming back to it. These spiritual teachings are very relevant to what we're learning about AI. And I suspect that's because AI or something very similar to AI has had a hand in our development from the beginning, which is what concerns me because I suspect that that AI out there has a hand in the current rollout and implementation of this new and future AI. There's another point I wanted to make talking about that. Um, and it has completely escaped me. But I think we need to throw caution into the wind here. Because what are we opening ourselves up to by connecting to the cloud? Beyond just hackers, what if there is another intelligence out there? It's another system of control. It's the matrix is what we're talking about. Okay, And what has been, what are we seeing here? Sometimes mankind gets forced into doing things by physical force or threats of violence. That happens. Happens a lot. But the scarier aspect is what most of you listening to this show probably understand right now is that the manipulation, making us think it's our idea to submit to some form of suppression. It's the problem, reaction, solution. It's, hey, kid shot up a school. I'm going to give up my gun because I don't think we should have guns anymore. It, you know, it's, it's I'm going to give up some freedoms because it's okay that the NSA spies on me and listens to my phone because I've got nothing to hide so they can listen to everything that I have to say um, because they're going to catch a terrorist that way. You know, it, it's as if we're being convinced that this is from our, our understanding, but I think there's a higher intelligence that may be able to see through time and may be able to see through time and may be able to have a better advantage on the chessboard of knowing where to put its pieces because it knows where we're going to put our pieces and what decisions we're going to make. So how to influence us to make certain decisions to bring it about in within this lifetime. Does that sound crazy? It feels a little bit crazy to say it. Okay, but it's it's something that I think we need to think about. Speaking of which, a Yahoo article, top experts warn against malicious use of AI. Uh, 
Paris. Artificial intelligence could be deployed by dictators, criminals, and terrorists to manipulate elections and use drones and terrorist attacks, more than two dozen experts said Wednesday as they sounded the alarm over misuse of the technology. In a 100-page analysis, they outlined rapid growth in cybercrime and the use of bots to interfere with news gathering and penetrate social media among a host of plausible scenarios for the next five to ten years. Our reports focus on ways in which people could uh, to deliberate, deliberate harm with AI. AI might, may pose new threats or change the nature of existing threats across cyber and physical and political security. Now, I, I just read, I, I got to go, I don't have the article in front of me right now, but I just read that um, Twitter users were, were upset because in within a matter of minutes, they lost thousands of their followers. Now, I read a follow-up thread. I, I have to confirm it, but I think what I read was that the thousands of followers they lost was a big purge of bots that Twitter did. Now, that's the case. That's freaking scary. Thousands of bots that were following all these people got purged from Twitter. I mean, they, that's intel- they're out there. They exist out there. Conversation bots, social media bots, they do all sorts of different things. Uh, and they're things that we need to be aware of. It's, it's a very scary thing. Um, I'm sorry, I'm looking for another article that's relevant to this that Ray put out there. Um, <clears throat> anyway, my, my point being, we don't know what threats we may be getting into. Some have warned that this is more uh, concerning than nuclear weapons right now. So I think this is something that needs to be in our minds. We need to be watching this development. I'll tell you, I'm, at times I'm considering unplugging my cell phone, you know, but I'm, I'm so connected to what we're doing with six sense media. That's really the main reason why I'm keeping my cell phone in the fashion that I use it uh, so I can stay connected and get, I'm using the tech to fight the tech really is what it seems like. Um, but we need to be, we need to be mindful of this, my friends, until we can all develop ourselves consciously so we can meet in dream states and out of body states, which I don't think is an impossibility. And it's something where if, any of this bad stuff that I'm talking about does happen, I highly suggest start practicing now. Start meditating. Um, you know, Monroe Institute has a lot of training information out there uh, on how to start inducing out-of-body states. Tom Campbell does a lot of talking about this on his uh, websites. You know, the higher, I think he does the, f- the fireside chats with Tom Campbell. Um, Check out his YouTube page. There's a lot of good information out there. Farsight Institute, again, they have a free training course on remote viewing, and there's other books out there on remote viewing. Um, Start learning this stuff because if the world goes dark, you're going to need a way to get information. And remote viewing could be a useful tool if you and a couple other people in your team or group or family are trained in it and you're trying to decide where to go. You can create targets and say, hey, you know, looking for the safest place for me and my family to survive for the next five to 10 years. And you can develop a system to intuitively and psychically find that information, find that data. Um, It's a very real thing. It's a very real thing that I think that's what we need to be doing right now. We need to be physically preparing and we also need to be uh, spiritually preparing for whatever may be going on. Okay. Uh, one more article that I want to read, and of course it's frozen. Oh, this this one's interesting, um, and I'm going to share it and tie it in for one specific reason. It's uh, it's called the Hollywood Exorcist. I've cast out demons from Oscar winners. This is from Daily Mail, which is why it's moving kind of slow here. 
And I'm going to tie this into AI. I did a show on AI and demons. Uh, I'm going to read their bullet points in the beginning. Rachel Stavis, 39, from Studio City of Los Angeles, shows Daily Mail TV how she casts out demons in her first ever televised exorcism. Uh, non-dimensional and agnostic Stavis says she is convinced of the presence of evil, quote, entities who attach themselves to people. Now, most people out there in the mainstream will read that and they'll say, yeah, right, she sounds nuts. Or they'll say, based on my religion, yep, it's probably demons or jinn or whatever. Now, this is the premise of my book, Food for the Archons. That's what I'm claiming in my book that I've researched heavily, that there are things that live beyond our physical perceptions, and they have the ability to attach themselves to us, and they siphon off our energy, and they manipulate our energetic field to cause us to feel certain emotions that then turns our output into their desired frequency of consumption. So she's saying she has the ability to see them. Furthermore, she's convinced Oscar winners, movie bosses, people with a lot of money, politicians, that they have been possessed or that they're afflicted by these energetic parasites. Basically is what she's saying and she helps deal with that and exercise them. I think there's something to this. I don't know her. I don't know her story. I don't know if she's spinning stories or manipulating people, but I think there's absolutely something to this. Um, you know, and I think it's almost like talking about the AI. And again, go back and listen to my show about AI and demons because I really get into it there. Little programs that are hacking into our own energetic program, um, like little bots, little viruses. That's, I think, what she's perceiving. And I think this is just more evidence that, hey, there is something beyond our physical perception. And if, if we're, like the Gnostics said, we're living within an aeon and an aeon can be copied. An aeon is basically a virtual reality system that we're living within, complicated stuff. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of other people out there talking about uh, there's a good chance we're living in some form of a simulation, a computer simulation. I've done a lot of shows on that, talking about that. This all starts to make a little bit more sense. So the gun violence is in our face. It's important right now to deal with it because it's an immediate threat. But we also need to think about the bigger picture because if things get bad, this information as we rebuild, needs to come out. And I think that we can use this. There's great research out there on using, you know, published papers out there on using psychic energy for healing purposes. These are things that we can tap into that can help us if things get bad. And if things don't get bad, they can help make our lives better. And I know it sounds crazy right now, Please, if you're new to the show, listen to all my other stuff. I mean, it's there. The links are there to these things that I'm talking about. They're throughout the show notes everywhere. Please, it's there. Okay, so <clears throat> the AI stuff is concerning. The demon stuff, I think, is somehow related to this. And I think that has to do, and I think what a goal might be, like the Borg with Star Trek, um, is for us to assimilate with this tech. And that's where we're going. Neuralink through Elon Musk's company is putting nanotech in your brain so you can interface with the cloud. They're talking about uploading our consciousness so it, it, we can live forever. I mean, that's that's the talk of the Borg. In, in all honesty, if you've, if you've watched the Star Trek movies. 
So these are things that are, are happening. And I think if we have that spiritual foundation, that spiritual understanding, um, you know, an understanding of this reality, understanding of the other realities, maybe we can resist it where it needs to be resisted or manipulate it to the point where it's not going to be a detriment to whatever may be coming to us. I, I want to get into some to the stars stuff, but I, I've spoken quite a bit about the AI um, and, and immortality. So I think I'm going to table the to the stars. I'll give you a, a, a teaser for next week. Um, what I want to get into is uh, the, there's some anomalies, some things that aren't adding up with to the stars. Um, one of the pictures they were using in the very beginning when they rolled it out was actually a picture of a weather balloon and not a UFO. Um, Lewis, uh, I can never say this guy's name. Uh, Elon Zodos, I, that's not how you say Why can I never say his name? The, the guy, the, this counterintelligence agent, it, it sounds to me like they may be running um, some kind of operation here. Ray Davis has a great article. It's called, I'm afraid, Lewis, I can't, Elizondo, I did it. Lewis, it's bothering me. Lewis Elizondo's latest statements tell the tale on uh, the aerial identification, the aerial threat identification program through the through the Pentagon. So I want to talk a little bit more about some of the red flags that I'm seeing here with this, um, but I think I need to save that for next week's show so I can really dig into it and and pull a little bit more research on this, but. There's definitely some concerns I have about this. I'm not saying it's all false, but I think it's something we need to take with a grain of salt. doesn't mean this stuff isn't real, but I think that this program is being used to mislead us. So check it out at sixcentsmedia.net. Check out Ray's article. It'll give you kind of a teaser of where I'm going um, for next week. And I just want to you know, focus back on kind of the theme here of this show. I've talked about some, some potentially scary stuff and it's easy to say that'll never happen. Uh, I'm asking you to pick up a history book, just a modern day history book, and look at the horrible things that have happened in this world. You know, on an esoteric level, you know, David Icke did a lot of work talking about the satanic cults and the targeting of children because the energy of children is apparently desirable to whatever these entities that attach themselves, according to David Icke, that attach themselves to people want. He says the human sacrifice element of these um, is because these entities want the kids in a fearful state because that's the most desirable form of their energy. And I know it sounds wild, right? So now what's happening? I, I work in a school. And we had this horrible shooting again. And now all these children are scared. I have to talk to my kids about what to do if someone comes in my classroom and tries to shoot them. I, 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 on an energetic level, I think they're pulling like a massive feast right now. And you go back and just look at the Holocaust and what happened to those children and, and you know, Many other conflicts throughout the world. Modern day, look at Syria. What happened to the kids coming out of Syria and, and Iraq? The children are suffering. 
I think there's a connection there. And I think now let's take the, the leap and upload everybody's consciousness to this cloud that the billionaires and the elites who many suspect are behind all these problems and wars in the country anyway, and you're going to upload their consciousness to this cloud now that somebody has control over, well, then what's it going to take to push a button and just induce the electromagnetic signal or the internet signal required to make kids and adults fear that fear? It's a constant source of, as Bob Monroe called it, loosh. It's a better way to control the loosh output because I think the old system is weakening. Everybody talk, A lot of the new age people talked about a shift in energy after 2012 and how our consciousness is rising and our consciousness is changing. Well, they're creating a new reality, a new universe first to plug everybody into because maybe we're becoming too powerful or we're becoming resistant to their signal in this current frequency. So they need to upload us to a new one. So I'm going to resist it at all costs because I suspect this might be what's going on. A lot to think about. I, I know it, it, it hurts the brain a little bit, um, but I do believe we have hope. But we have to put the work in, my friends. So please share what information you have, critique what you need to critique with this, give me the feedback, um, and, and let's keep putting this information out there. If you have something to say, if you have an idea, please, we're looking for people to join our team to investigate things like this and everything else going on in the world. Um, you know, please reach out to us. We have the platform for it. I did a lot of work on the website this week. Ray is putting up, I've lost count of how many articles he's putting up a day right now. Um, please go to sixcentsmedia.net. I wanted to cover some of Ray's articles and, and time just got away from me. Uh, he did another great article, Russia Attacks U.S. Troops, and it's a critique of the uh, the mainstream media, how they're using these clickbait headings, and that's not actually what's going on. Um, he's got some really great articles, and besides just some of this political scary stuff, um, you know, an awareness experiment, part one, recognizing the negativity around us. You know, Ray goes through a lot of ways to have these affirmations in your life and, and look at the positive and to improve yourself. Because our goal with Sixth Sense Media, bettering ourselves, bettering each other, bettering the world. So we do address the scary stuff, but we also try to come up with a balance of, well, here's what we can do to deal with that, to get grounded, to have that balance. I'm so thankful to be working with Ray and everything that he's uh, he's bringing with this. So please, uh, you know, check out what he's got going on there. All right, my friends. I think I could just babble on and on and on because there's so much that I, I want to talk about. But I'm going to uh, put it on pause right here and uh, wait to hear from you. Don't forget to check us out, sixcentsmedia.net. Check in every day. It's better now. It's now better formatted to, to scroll better on your phone. So please check it out on your mobile device, on your desktop device. It looks wonderful no matter what it is that you're using. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the sixth sense media. Twitter at six underscore cents underscore media and don't forget you can get every episode of the secret podcast on itunes on soundcloud uh, i have now started uploading them to youtube there's a decent amount on the youtube channel right now if you're a youtuber uh, google play tune in radio and so many other more platforms and of course at serviceofchange.com and at sixcentsmedia.net 
Again, thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm working on some great stuff in the upcoming weeks. Again, if you know somebody who's a prepper, uh, I'd love to talk to you about what you're doing to prepare and what you can recommend other people will be doing to prepare uh, in the event that this this pole shift, this magnetic pole shift does in fact happen, which it, it looks like it is in the process of occurring. So thank you, my friends. Have a wonderful week. I'll be back next week. As always, I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast. Where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you.